friends, welcome to Womankind. This is your host, Kelsey Novitz, and I'm here with my guest for today, Shannon Bryant. She is the owner of Stay A While and a heart counselor, and we will talk more about what that means in a moment. Hi, Shannon. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. We just realized that we have all of these ways that our paths have crossed in the past, which I think is a great way to start an episode. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about Stay A While and the journey of starting this company. Thanks. Um, so how did Stay A While become what it is today? There's a long story involved in that. I can say I've always had a passion for decorating and decluttering and organizing things, just being who I am, that's been my passion. And when I was on maternity leave in 2017 from my daughter, I was saying to myself, oh, I'm just going to put this into the universe that I'm, you know, going to offer decorating services. So I'm already a licensed mental health counselor and I, by day I do, um, counseling work and care coordination and, you know, a lot of administrative and manage, management kind of things. So I said, this will be something different. This will be me using my brain in a different way. I'll be um, working with people around decorating and things, other things I'm passionate about. So I literally made a flyer and um, it was just like on loose leaf paper. <laughs> I love that. I put it in um, my gym. I belonged at the time to the Jewish Community Center. So I put it in my gym and then I also put it a couple of coffee shops that I frequent. And I said, you know, I'll just put it out there. I'm going to be organizing, decorating, that kind of thing. And so I got a call which was great. And, you know, a lady said, hey, I need help. Could we meet to talk more about that? So we met up and she said she had a bed and breakfast that she wanted me to design for her. And I was like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, we'll get wow. started. What a way to start. I know. I was like, this will be wonderful. So I was so excited. And, you know, we had a nice long conversation. We had lots of things in common. It was going to be great. So I show up, you know, the first day to her house. And when I got there, um, it was a lot. Oh, wow. There were a lot of things going on. That um, was the, the bed and breakfast was that in the home that she lived in? It was. Okay. And so she had one room particularly that she wanted to sort of design towards that. Mm -hmm. And um, she would, of course, open up the other, like the rest of her house to it too. But... You know, from our first conversation, I was thinking a lot of decorating, probably some organizing. And when I got there, there were just boxes and boxes oh of things. And it was clear to me that more was going on. So with my background in mental health counseling and just being who I am, I think one of the definitions of integrity that I love is from Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. and I love Brene Brown. Oh, her good. book is sitting... Oh my god, I love it from where we are. I see it. <laughs> and so um, she talks about integrity being choosing courage over comfort. And so I had a choice in that moment as I looked around the room and it was filled with boxes and things. And I said, am I going to choose courage or am I going to choose comfort with this? And I chose courage and, you know, I said, what is going on? Like, really, what is going on? Like... This is not at all what I expected. You know, I really don't see us moving 
into decorating, like certainly I could come in and put the Band-Aid on the wound, mm-hmm. but this requires surgery. You had to surgery. go through the real, <laughs> the real background there. Yes, yes. And how funny, because everything that you had done in your life prior had prepared, like you had your licensed mental yes. health counselor, and then walking into that situation with the experience to yes. know what to do in that situation. Exactly, and I was very comfortable mm-hmm. in my element to say yes. to go there with her, and I had not, you know, trust is built in small moments, mm-hmm. and I had built trust, you know, over the phone or in the mm-hmm. coffee shop when we first met. So it wasn't like I knew her prior or mm-hmm. we had this long history, but I was confident in myself, and I was confident in just like trusting the process of mm-hmm. I have to bring this to her attention that we have a lot to discuss. Mm -hmm. There's obviously something going on deeper Mm -hmm. why these things are like this. Now, is that something that she was aware of? Or when you brought that up, did it seem like that was the first time that she was confronting that? She was aware. Okay. (laughs) She she was crying and very, you know, very tearful. Mm -hmm. And she said, I know. Um, And we were able to sort of dialogue more about that. I think she was aware, but not really wanting to be truthful mm-hmm. because it is, it can be embarrassing mm-hmm. to say, I have all these things and I don't know what to do with them. And that's really reflective of what's going on inside of me. Like that's a tall order. That's hard. So, yeah. yeah so I think some of that was just her not knowing how to communicate that to me, but really knowing like I need some help here. And she didn't know that I was a licensed mental health mm-hmm. counselor because I had not been really marketing myself as that. I was just saying, oh, this will be my, like, passion, creative project that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It will be totally different from my day job. And, like, you know, I can be free to do decorating. And it was just, it would have been negligent for me not to follow right. up with it. So it really changed the whole face of what... I was going to be doing and it also um forced me to kind of question what I hope to do for for women and for people mm-hmm. in general just so it was it was exciting that and all such small little things that are actually bit big things like putting your flyer out there probably mm-hmm. seemed like a little bit of a small thing but it's a really brave bold act and then having someone answer that who is like the exact client that you needed in that situation like the universe is at work in so many ways there it really is it really I'm glad you said it that way because it really was like outside of my control how Mm -hmm. things like unfolded Mm -hmm. and um they've just been continuing to unfold like I didn't have a name at that time I think I was calling myself intentional designs you know like like that designing with intention (laughs) um but it just it really has been able to form a life of its own now and there's a process and now I've learned like what things I definitely need to bring up with people and I've even narrowed the focus to be only for women at this Mm -hmm. time. So talk to me a little bit about that. Why just women and not men? So when I I get this question too. (laughs) Yes. So I use women a little loosely. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's anyone who identifies as a woman, absolutely. Um, but I just have to speak to what I know. Right. And that's really what I found to be my expertise is I'm a woman and I know as a woman the things that I've gone through in my internal dialogue of um, not feeling like enough 
and feeling like I'm, I still need this or I still need that or living in fear and scarcity. I know what that's like. So I feel like that's who I most connect with. Um, and that's kind of why I chose to work with women and kind of help change that inner dialogue of, okay, how do we get from that I'm not enough to I have enough, I am enough. Mm -hmm. That's it, you know? Right. So That's beautiful. Thank you. So what are some of those things that you find kind of across the board with your clients that are things that you need to bring up? Or is every situation super unique and doesn't have similar things that need to be brought up? Um so I think it all boils down to if we continue to dissect, dissect those statements or that self-talk that's going on, it all boils down to not enough. Like not oh, feeling like I'm okay. enough, not feeling like the situation is enough, not feeling like I have enough. A lot of times um, I have seen women buy a lot of things and, you know, it's like, that's cool, you know, but you already have this object or you already have lots of these things. And that buying came from, well, what if I run out? And then it's like, okay, if you run out, that's okay. <laughs> but that irrational thought, we have that, I think, and we have it in different ways. Like, um, it could be showing up at work. It could be showing up in relationships. It could be showing up in what we buy. It could show up lots of ways of thinking, like, I don't have enough or I'm worried about not having enough, so I buy more or I do more than I need to or I need to make sure that I'm perfect so that I can always be enough. But really, it doesn't really address that underlying thought of changing that, right? Like making it from... I don't have enough to, I have everything I need. Right. Cause I mean, this might be simplifying it a little bit, but generally everything that you need is probably in those boxes or the thing that you need is getting rid of those boxes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And helping people come to um, grips with, it's okay too. If you run out of something, like right. you don't have to be perfect mm -hmm. in that aspect. I think I really can self-identify with the perfectionism piece. Mm -hmm. um, I am in recovery from that mm -hmm. and always on the journey of like trying to be just who I am mm -hmm. and not trying to be so perfect. Um, I have two little stories that kind of speak oh, to absolutely. that if you don't mind. Go so ahead. one thing... Um, I was at work one day and I had gotten my menstrual and I was like, okay, I don't have any of my supplies with me. Mm -hmm. Very embarrassing, right? <laughs> Which it should not be. This is just a normal thing that women have. Mm -hmm. And so I went to one of the, um, one of my colleagues and asked if they had stuff and they did and they were able to share. And I was like, wow, that was nice. So then I started noticing that person more. Now, I had not really had a relationship with this colleague, but she was the only one there at the time. So I had to ask her. And then I was like, okay, so now we have this sort of like weird bond because she helped me out with yeah. that. And it was like, that's when I got it. I said, you know, when we're trying to be perfect and trying to make sure we don't ever run out of anything or that we don't ever need help with anything, we really damage connection. Like it's, that's, that was my chance to connect with her and it happened. And you know, now we have more to talk about than high and by, you right. know, like I can find myself going to her with things or like, you know, just spending more time getting to know her. 
And that's been really refreshing. And I'm like, wow, that really all started because I ran out of <laughs> my supplies. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have, we wouldn't have organically really probably talked to each right. other. And what a shame. That's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. When you were saying it before, the only thing that I kept thinking of was like having enough toilet paper in the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess it goes beyond that. And yeah. It's like, it's a good way you can build community in small Absolutely. ways with things like that. Absolutely. Um, and going along with that story is thinking about like how often do we ask our neighbors for things? Mm -hmm. That's like such a thing of the past where yeah, like now you cannot run out of the basics, like the eggs, the milk, right. you know, if you use bread, bread or, you know, whatever those basic things are, you cannot in our minds, we tell ourselves, we cannot run out of those things. Otherwise, we're less than. Mm -hmm. We're not enough. We weren't good parents. We mm -hmm. weren't good women, you know. Right. Like, that's just not true. So, this morning, I ran out of mustard. And <laughs> um, I haven't done it yet. But I will be asking my neighbor when I leave here go. for some mustard. Because nice. I was making tuna fish. And I wanted to put mustard in there. Mm -hmm. But it's oh, I've like, never done that. I should. That sounds oh, really good. It's really great. Mm -hmm. Like mustard and barbecue sauce. Oh my gosh. It's a cheap, That's amazing. cheap meal kind of thing. <laughs> but it's, it is good. Mm -hmm. But I was, I'm not going to go take a trip to the store. Right. Even though I could. But you just need a little bit, right? Yeah. I just need a little mm -hmm. bit. I don't even usually have mm -hmm. this kind of a meal. So I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. And really to test my vulnerability, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask. Because this is what I ask women to do. Right. So I need so to you be need practicing that. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I've also found that there are opportunities for creativity in running out of things, yes. especially in cooking, because that's, I've been so busy with work for the past few weeks that I've, I, I usually am pretty good about meal planning, but I just haven't been. Mm -hmm. And so I found like if I've run out of something, I'm like, well, what else can I make? Or yes. what's something that's sitting in the back of the cupboard that I can take out and use that I didn't mm -hmm. think of before? And so instead of looking at it as like I've failed and I'm going to starve, <laughs> well, what? This is an opportunity to maybe find something new to yes. make. And when we use our brains creatively in one area, it trickles to others, mm -hmm. whether we believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not the cook in the house for sure, but I definitely... It sounds you know, like you have ideas. Yeah, I, like I, can, I can get creative if I have to, you know, and that was what this morning was for lunch. Right. So that's kind of the way it works. Mm -hmm. But I think those things really speak to... Um, kind of the foundation that all women to kind of circle back to what mm -hmm. like theme if you will that I see is that we suffer from this not enough script in some way or another mm -hmm. and it does show up in tricky ways it mm -hmm. shows up you know as perfectionism which the world praises right oh right. she does this so well you know I probably am in the position that I'm in at my career because I've been a perfectionist mm -hmm. right because the world's like, oh, that looks great. Mm -hmm. But what was my insight like before right. when I was practicing all of that keeping up? Mm -hmm. That was not healthy. Right. I think about that. I think about perfectionism a lot and obedience a lot as mm -hmm. a woman because I think those are the two areas that we are rewarded for. Yes. And I think about this a lot with my students. And if someone is, you know, not doing something you know, completing the work and doing it well, but maybe not doing it in a conventional way uh -huh. or maybe not being able to sit down or not being able to quiet themselves. I, I try to be very careful with 
how you how I manage that. Yeah. That's so good. It's that's it's true. hard. <laughs> it's really hard, but yeah. something that's been uh, like in the forefront of my mind lately. Yeah, I mean, as an educator, it's really hard to find that balance. Mm-hmm. It really definitely awfully hard. <laughs> it is a challenge. Yeah, and I mean, we're all in systems. Mm-hmm. Like you know, in my day job, you know, I have rules, I have policies and procedures, mm-hmm. I have things I have to do mm-hmm. because that's how it was written. So in those arenas, yeah, I do things sometimes a little different. And I think that's why also I created Stay A While because I needed an arena that I could practice and I could preach. You know, like I could practice as much as I'm preaching as opposed Mm -hmm. to just saying like, you know, this is, you know, have integrity or have Mm -hmm. creativity, do this. Well, practice it. I need to be practicing that. And sometimes when we're in institutions, it dims some of my ability to practice. That's been my experiences. Well, I can't really practice courage in this situation because uh, it's in my PMP. Right. So. And that's hard. That's really hard to not, especially if you are someone who's trying to, and I like that you're using the word practice, like almost like yoga practice or something like that, where it's not something you're going to, get down the first time you have Mm -hmm. to work at it no and some days are better than others like if I'm highly stressed my practice probably diminishes (laughs) (laughs) whereas if I'm in a really good mood you know I got good sleep Mm -hmm. then I'm like okay I can rise to this I'm ready to practice you know integrity Mm -hmm. or you know kindness or compassion with myself than Mm -hmm. with others definitely like those are things that um I would like all all of us to mm-hmm. be practicing, so I should start with myself. Mm-hmm. So after you had that first client that kind of opened the door to how Stay A While was going to evolve, what happened next? So then I, um, I started to work with her, and I noticed some things that I could have done differently mm-hmm. um, as an owner, and I was like, oh okay, I got to get some more structure around this. One of those things um, became time constraints and like making sure we stuck to time so that we could maintain momentum. So when I say time, our sessions would be scheduled in hours and, you know, we would conduct those. But several times she had to cancel um, or she has to move something. And I was like, you know, it's really hard to go back and say, remember all those great things right. we talked about three weeks ago? Um, and the moving around, sorry to interrupt, kind of feels like yeah. a sign like maybe she was reluctant to move yes. forward. Yes, yes. And so I realized um, to keep to the integrity of like, if I would like her mindset to shift, then I need to be holding herself and myself accountable to certain time constraints. So um, all of my packages right now have time limits on them. And that was a big learning that I had to commit to because you don't just say, okay, we'll have one great conversation right. and you're good to go. Cause that's again, putting the bandaid on the right. Right. So what would you say to someone who said, who maybe needs this particular transformation mm-hmm. habit who says, I just don't have time to do it this might not be a good time for us to work together okay and as a business owner I had to not have a a fearful mindset right Mm -hmm. because at first I said oh well I'm gonna lose lots of people Mm -hmm. that way 
but I really want to work with people who want to do the work right. and who are going to commit to, because really they're committing to themselves. It's a commitment to yourself that, okay, I'm going to go through this process and I'm going to work with this woman to change my mindset around scarcity and not enough and changing that to abundance. I got to put in some time to do that. And so it really became for me, I had to say, I will get the people who I'm supposed to get. That's mm -hmm. okay. So that's really what I've kind of, it definitely closed the door to some people though. Right. So I was accepting of that and I have lots of people I can refer out to. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of use that. Um, but just to kind of talk about the process of Stay A While, if that's okay. Oh, yes, definitely. So our first thing would be um, we have a 60-minute discovery call. And in that time, we talk about really what's what prompted her to call in the first place. Like, what about the service did she think would be helpful? Because it is very unconventional. It's I've never seen counseling blended with like organization and design mm -hmm. before. So I need to know what spoke to her in particular. So that's kind of that first conversation that we have. Um, and then from there, she has an ability to pick her package. So I have three different collections. So she can pick. They're all time sensitive. So she can pick based off of how much time she's able to put in and also what she hopes to accomplish. So for the first package, um, that's you pick a category. I like to pick categories um, that we're going to declutter. She'll fill out a welcome packet questionnaire. We'll do the category and that's only 10 hours. Then the second package is 30 hours, and in that one, she's also going to pick a category, but she picks two this time. So what might examples of categories be? So we have clothing, oh, books, okay. um, miscellaneous stuff, mm -hmm. and then mementos, mm -hmm. and those are heavily based on the KonMari method. We're going to get to that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm not at all a consultant for KonMari, no. um, but... I did really like a lot of the principles from her book. Mm -hmm. So some of those things I've incorporated in here. Mm -hmm. um, and so for the second package, they mm -hmm. pick from that category. And then there's also an organization um, piece that comes with that. So mm -hmm. we would do that following the decluttering of the category. Okay. And then for the third package, that's 60 hours. And from there, they're picking three categories that they hope to declutter. And then there's an organization with that and also a home design with mm -hmm. that. So that one, it kind of just depends on where she's at and what right. she's looking to accomplish. Right. So once she picks that, we have our first in-home counseling and planning session. Mm -hmm. And so nice. that's like probably the funnest time. Mm -hmm. um, before I even come out for that, I would have emailed a welcome packet questionnaire mm -hmm. for her to complete, which is, it's a lot of pages, mm -hmm. probably about 12 pages. Um and I really walk you through all of the things that are going on in your heart and also mm -hmm. in your home. So some of the heart things could be those self-talk stuff mm -hmm. of not enough. And, you know, what does it feel like to come home? Mm -hmm. Does your home feed stress or fulfillment? Those kinds of questions. And then some of those more home questions might be things like, you know, what look are you trying to mm -hmm. achieve? Or um, have you ever worked with someone in decorating before? And those kinds of things. So we it's a long questionnaire, and it's really set up to be a biopsychosoch, mm -hmm. basically. Um, 
so that I can have a full idea of what's actually going on. Right. So that's completed before I even come to the in-home mm -hmm. counseling session. And then our first session, we sit together for at least two hours and we kind of go through that questionnaire mm -hmm. and pick out, I would have already picked out themes and thoughts that will be specific to her needs. And I kind of offer her some recommendations at that mm -hmm. point. Um, I do offer a required readings list and it's, I call it required, but it's really at your own right. pace and at your own risk. And it's also a required podcast list. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel that if we're going to be working to change mindsets and also change your home and all of that, you got to be filling yourself up with stuff outside of me, right? right. Because our sessions are going to be specific. We're going to get what we hope to accomplish done. So if mm -hmm. we're working on a category, we'll be doing that. Um, but outside of meeting with me, also be doing some self-work so mm -hmm. that these things can become sticky as opposed to just, okay, Ending and then having yeah, it be over. It's over. Mm -hmm. No, you want it to stick and you want it to be some background behind what connects with you. So mm -hmm. I try to make um, good references to, you know, different backgrounds mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things to mm -hmm. be inclusive of different styles. So. So do you create that based on the person or does everyone get like kind of a similar So for list? the required readings, yes. those ones are for everyone. Mm -hmm. And then the podcast, I kind of switch in Tweak and out. A little bit. Yeah, based mm -hmm. off of kind of what I noticed from the questionnaire. Mm -hmm. So our required readings, the first one is uh, The Gifts of Imperfection by mm -hmm. Brene Brown, which Love I'm her. sure you know. <laughs> I haven't read that one yet, though. Oh, that's so I good. I need to get into that one. Yes. So that's the first one. Um, another one is The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. I don't know that one. Um, I actually have it right oh. here. <laughs> I brought them with me just in case, you know, you wanted to see yeah, that. Yeah, I know. So this is by Don Okay, Miguel I've seen Ruiz. this cover, but I've never read it. And so this really helps to apply some of those principles, mm -hmm. um, of abundance and like, really getting things to transform in not just one area of your life, but all areas. Okay. So like that's that. more of a comprehensive read. Uh, the Gifts of Imperfection imperfect really deals with a lot of um, negative self-talk mm -hmm. and like changing your script to wholehearted living is mm -hmm. how she calls that. So. I, Renee Brown has such a simple, like, she deals with these really, really complex ideas that are hard to grasp and then makes them very manageable and puts them in a way where so you can good. understand it. I know. And she actually apply it. the language. Yes. It's amazing. I love her. I've, I've talked about too. her on previous episodes. Oh, <laughs> I love her too. It's so good. So the other one we have is The Life-Changing Magic mm -hmm. of Tidying Up um, by Marie Kondo. And I don't follow this to a T. Mm -hmm. I give this because it's a great example of mm -hmm how to really begin to organize mm -hmm. on your organizing journey and on your decorating and tidying mm -hmm. up. And I do use principles from it, like the organizing mm -hmm. by categories and stuff. And I think it's important for people to have some sort of like background on mm -hmm. that. So that's why I think. Mm -hmm. that's, so that's the area that I have a background in because the summer I actually completed, we'll use the so term great. completed loosely, but the life-changing <laughs> magic of tidying up. And I went through... It was kind of a complicated, a little more complicated because I did it in an, when I was moving from one apartment to another mm -hmm. apartment. And so I was not only decluttering the space I was living in, I was creating a new space at the yes. same time, which I felt like 
had its advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. Um, but I, I went through every single category from clothing to books to mis- miscellaneous snacks. Uh-huh. And then mementos. Mm-hmm. And then is there one more? Or is that pretty much it? Yeah. I don't remember now. <laughs> now I've seen it. It was a few months ago and now I'm already gone. I have all um, these things all marked up. But I did. I went through the whole process. And what I learned that I do is that I don't, not that I have a, trouble throwing things away, but I hold on to things that don't fit with my life anymore. Oh. For example, with clothing, um, there were a lot of clothing that, a lot of items of clothing that I hadn't fit in for a long time, oh. but I still had them. And I have worked I'm, with so many yes. women around. This is like the yep. number one thing that I've worked with women around is decluttering their closet. And is it the whole, like, someday this will fit me again, mm-hmm. and I need to hang on to this for that someday. Yes. And then I'm looking at these pieces and touching these pieces, as Marie wants you to do, uh-huh. and I'm like, I don't even like this. Like, why am I keeping it? Or it doesn't make me feel good. Right. And so I threw out, I think I threw out 15 bags of clothes oh, at the end. Beautiful. And... Somehow still, I have a lot of clothes. And also, I recognize that, like, I'm in a position of privilege where I do have an overabundance of things, and I'm able to throw things out and then still have so much. Yes. And I think what's... So, for me, what was so transforming about um, decluttering, especially in categories, Mm -hmm. is you get to see the weight of what you have. Mm -hmm. And I've done this with lots of women when it comes to their closets. Mm -hmm. And and this was something I mean with friends, family. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is what you have to do. You know, you got to see it because we'll tell ourselves something that's not true that, you know, I don't have that much, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, you can't see it because it's hidden in five different closets. So... Um, one woman I worked with when I got to her house, you know, I said, oh, this doesn't look like a lot. And Mm -hmm. she was this real professional, Mm -hmm. you know, chic woman. I'm like, I kind of expected you to have more, you know? And she goes, well, I mean, I didn't get it out the closet. like oh so she still had a whole nother closet that she didn't yeah oh my gosh get the storage Mm -hmm. or the things out of the closet I said oh okay well we'll be getting those today like let's just put on some music let's Mm -hmm. get that stuff out you know and then go through it one by one and I think the weight of seeing it really forces you to make Mm -hmm. a decision right like come on if I have a room when I first did this for myself it was inches off of my bedroom floor, mm-hmm. the amount of clothing that I had. Right. And there was no way I could justify keeping things that I could not fit. Right. I'm just right. like, this is already too much. Right. Like, I don't need those things. And also, to speak with, like, things that you can't fit, um, that's kind of where the mental health mm-hmm. piece comes in at. Uh, so I was working with one woman, and there were so many things that... She had great things, and mm-hmm. then there were a whole list of things that she just could not fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And my offering to her was, how does that make you feel to look in your closet and see more than half of the things that you can't fit? What is that about that you would want to keep looking and seeing right. that? Every day. It's very reinforcing that I'm missing the mark. Right. So is that really something you want to keep 
in your space, mm -hmm. like in your space to make yourself feel good. Does that make you feel good? Mm -hmm. You know, and really examining that. And the answer was no. Of right. course, like, of course, I don't feel good because I'm reminded that I'm not where I want to be, which is, again, not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not enough. You know, right. I'm not there. And so really releasing that idea and bringing yourself to more of an abundant mindset that, you know what, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. I have enough. You mm -hmm. know, I have clothes. I don't need to fit into that to be enough. But the longer I hold on to the physical clothing of that, then I hold on also to the mindset of that. Right. I keep that mindset of, well, I am still missing the mark here. Right. But, you know, it's just. It's very interesting how what's going on in our minds and in our hearts starts to show up in our homes. Right. It really... It is just like a physical manifestation of yes, what's going on. It is. I had the hardest time with my books, which you have, you see behind yes. you, and it was because, you know, I, I teach English, and I need certain books professionally, and then I also have the books that I read for pleasure. And so I kind of broke Marie's rules on that one yeah. because she had, I think, a suggestion of keeping, I think the number was 40. Yeah. And I was like, that's, for me, that's insane. So I had to adjust it a little bit. Um, and now the books that I have out, they're out where I can grab them if I need them and, see and them. I can see them. And they are the books that I actually use or will need to use if I end up teaching different classes at a different time. Mm -hmm. So... It was, I threw out a lot of them, and that was such a hard, not threw out, I donated them to my yeah. local library, yes. um, but it was very difficult to discern, and especially, I know that a lot, people that are readers, they have that pile of books where they're like, I'm going to read these someday, yeah. and there were a bunch that I was like, I'm just never going to read this, I and know. I donated them away. Yeah, that that is really hard, mm -hmm. and it gets even harder the more you... I think the more established you are in whatever that thing is, mm -hmm. like whether it be books or I had one woman very established in crafting mm -hmm. and, you know, knitting and making things, I think it does. It becomes mm -hmm. very hard. And mm -hmm. making those choices, though, it frees up so much energy, mm -hmm. just Definitely. oceans of energy for you to do more of what you love mm -hmm. and less of, like, keeping track and making sure you have enough. Right. Like, just really releasing that idea of, you know what, it's okay if I give away something that mm -hmm. I really actually love, I can just get it again. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of abundance. Yep. I will always have enough to either purchase it again or someone may gift it to mm -hmm. me somehow. Like, these things are right. real. It and really, it will come back to you if exactly. you need it. If you really need it, it will. And now, so there was, so I did this in July, and there was one book that I was on the fence about, and I was like, I'm just going to get rid of it, and then if I need it again, I'll grab it. At this point, a few months later, I can't even remember what that book was. So obviously See? it was something that I did not need. You didn't need it. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. I love when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it will pop up sometime at a later time, but if it was just it. not the time yeah. for me. But that really relieves the pressure of, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm okay. Right. I'm not going to die if right. I don't exactly. have. And well, sometimes in our minds, though, we make it so that if I don't have certain things or if mm -hmm. I don't hold on to things or keep things, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. Like we will go there in our mm -hmm. minds. And I think. Part of that is true, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, because 
what does die is that ego, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like you're no longer the person who keeps mm-hmm. stuff like this. That does die. That mm-hmm. will die. But what doesn't die is you. You're right. still you and exactly. you're evolving and you're changing and that's a good thing. But I think people need someone to tell them that and remind them of that when they're going through the process of discarding mm-hmm. and getting rid of things and organizing because it really does start to feel like a life or death thing. Mm-hmm. And it's because that ego side of us is dying. That's true. Mm -hmm. That you are going to lose the person who held on to those things. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. Because on the other side of that is joy. It's abundance. Mm -hmm. You can rest. You can sleep in your space. Things take up space. They take up energy. You know, you worry about them. Mm -hmm. It really will be a release. But it's reassuring to hear that. Mm -hmm. And then these required readings give you the background on Mm -hmm. that and it gives you the language to articulate where you are in the process and Mm -hmm. where you kind of hope to be Mm -hmm. like it really can be something that's achievable and doable Mm -hmm. and you can live with more freedom definitely and I have to say like doing going through the process myself was pretty difficult and so I like that you offer support in going through the process with someone and giving someone you know, that option of having someone to lean on. Because I found, aside from clothing and books were not so bad, it was when I got to sentimental mementos that was really hard, especially because I had saved a lot of, you know, a lot of things from childhood, a lot of things from high school, and then my parents had saved a lot of things for Mm -hmm. me as well that I just never went through. And so I had this giant box of, like, childhood things that had traveled with me through all the apartments I've lived in that I never went through. Uh And so I'm so thankful to have had the luxury of time this summer when I was off from work um, to go through everything. And I found that a lot of the things from childhood I didn't have a connection to (laughs) because my parents were the ones that had put it away for me. So, you know, a little craft that I made when I was two, I don't remember it. And then I got into the things that I had saved, and it was either I didn't remember why I saved it, or there was something about it that was upsetting. Mm. And so I was, I found myself, like, I was texting my friends that I knew from high school and saying, like, do you remember this? Have you thought about this? And they're like, no, I haven't thought about this. And it's just things that I just completely forgot about that maybe I didn't need to revisit. Yeah. Um, and so now all that stuff is gone. Oh my And I gosh, just felt that's wonderful. lighter after. You do. Yes. And that's what the whole mission of Say Oh Wow is, to mm-hmm. return to that lightness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're carrying around heavy stories, heavy mm-hmm. stuff, and we don't even know where the heck it came from. Mm-hmm. But it's living with us. It's breathing with us. We put it in our rooms, which should be our sanctuaries Mm -hmm. in a sense. And, you know, it's heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, if I mean, if we could all just start to release some of those things, our lives will be freer. It'll be lighter. And it does. It really feels so much clearer, too. Like, if a lot of women are struggling with, um, what's my next move? Where should I be? Am I doing what I should be? trying this process really helps you get more clear. It gives you that clarity that you're kind of looking for. And I don't just talk about it. I do it. You know what I mean? I do this for myself. I do it constantly and in many ways. And I'm constantly finding, you know, different supports or resources and Mm -hmm. ways to apply this um, because it's life-changing stuff, you know? 
And it does take some maintenance because I kind of realized even since then there are certain items of clothing now that I am back in work that where I'm like, I don't actually ever wear this dress. <laughs> and so I am still kind of filtering through things and trying to get back into that mindset of does this bring me joy? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then it's gone. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's hard though. It is. It is. This is easy for us to talk about. I think you were already on the path of doing right. the work, but now if you're in your 40s and, you know, you haven't been introduced to this concept right. and this new sense of freedom, this really sounds scary, mm-hmm. you know? So I think some of that, um, some of that makes it hard for people mm-hmm. to understand or to buy into why would I want to put myself through this mm-hmm. Thing, but really, if you think about it, what's the alternative right. to continue to live in all the scarcity and the fear of holding on to mindsets and holding on to destructive patterns or mm-hmm. rather that be showing up with your clothing, with your home products, with food, mm-hmm. you know, it shows up, right? Like the truth comes out. So, yeah, I guess the more time you've had to accumulate things, the harder it <laughs> the harder is. I'm just thinking is. of like... You know, homes that have basements where things yes. just get put in the basement and put in the basement, and there are boxes and boxes and boxes, mm-hmm. and that would be very intimidating to have to yes. start that process. It is definitely, definitely hard to do by yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so I think at this point we'll start moving into questions about you. Awesome. Um, but is there anything else that you would like to add for my listeners about you know getting started in the process or? And actually tell them how they can find you if they are interested in getting Absolutely. started in the process. Um, well, my website is the best way. It's dayawellsb, as in shannonbryant.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best way to really find out more about the process and also to get in touch with me. There's a contact page and there's some questions that you can answer to set up a discovery call. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also breaks down the process, the mission, uh, some of the results from working with the process that um, I think it really paints a nice picture of the entire scope of things. And it's a good way for you to get information too and just mm-hmm. connect. So nice. Yeah. And so if what point would someone be at if they are looking to call you or they should call you? Um, anywhere in the process. Okay. It really can just be just just be starting out. Mm-hmm. It could be more maintenance. It could be for a specific thing. Um, like say you're looking to sell your house and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is a good time for me mm-hmm. to work this process. Um, it does deal with a lot about mental health and it also deals with a lot about your physical health and how things are showing up in your environment. Mm-hmm. I really believe that the two are so intertwined and I learned that through working with people. I'm like, I really can't separate, you know, where the inner stuff leaks into the physical stuff and your home stuff. So I really like, um, if I can't drive home enough, that the two are intertwined and Mm -hmm. it's important to heal both because you want it to work. You want it to be lasting. Um, And it applies to other areas of your life. That's what starts to happen is, okay, I'm doing all this work on my home stuff and then I notice things in my job that I'm starting to work on or things in my relationship with my partner or with my children. I have a whole section dedicated to moms who are um, 
they have a whole nother required reading that falls on oh, here. Okay. The Conscious Parent by mm-hmm. Dr. Shafali Sabari. Now, before, sorry, now I have all these other questions. No, before okay. we get into your personal life, um, talk about what it's like having someone who lives in a house with their family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a much different situation when you have you know, a husband and children Absolutely. who have also have things in the house. How does that come into play? So my biggest thing is be the role model, mm-hmm. right? Because it's unrealistic to say that your husband or your spouse or your children are going to be where you are in the journey. Um, I think if you focus on yourself, that is the most important thing that you could bring or gift to your family. And that's kind of what I had to do. Um, I work, you know, it's just myself, my husband and our children are only three and one. So not that they had to get on board with anything at that age, but you know, my husband wasn't exactly like, oh yes, I'm decluttering everything too. You know, it actually was, I think last year at some point that he said, you know, we really should look at my clothes and declutter them. Interesting. I was like, all right. (laughs) So I let him be on this journey. I've been on this journey of decluttering my clothes for years, you know, but I'm not pushing it on him or forcing Mm -hmm. him to do it. I'm just being accountable to myself and making those choices for myself. And he's able to see that, I think, the change in me. And he's like, I need to do some decluttering (laughs) myself. And, you know, he really spoke to it after. And he's like, this was so great. This was so, and, you know, I didn't look at it as personal that he didn't want to declutter when I did or you know, examine some of those things, but I just believe that if I'm doing it and he's seeing the results of that, then he'll get on the journey when he's ready, however he's ready. Right. So really not attaching judgment or expectations of anyone in your life. It's because this is really a process about yourself. Mm -hmm. And the minute you start to focus on someone else, you're out of self. Mm -hmm. So you can't really make changes with self if you're worried about other people and that's one of our biggest principles as parents especially this is about you Mm -hmm. this is not about your children whether they be teenagers or Mm -hmm. you know young adults I've had some moms with 20 year olds they're like get them on board (laughs) I can't they gotta want to be on board it has to be the person who initiates it yes and I'm always open to working with your you know, friends or family for sure, but I don't believe I'm pushing that on anyone or like trying to nudging them along the way. Everybody's got to have their own journey. Right. And the biggest journey you can have is with yourself, to be honest. So that, I feel like that's a great place to end that conversation. And I'm really glad we brought up that last point. Um, that, that was on my mind, like other people being involved. Yes. Interesting. So now we're going to get into the questions about womanhood. So beyond what you've told us about mm-hmm. your story, what is more of your story and where you come from? Absolutely. Um, that's such a great question because there's no right or wrong answer for that. Um, so Certainly not. <laughs> so born and raised here in Buffalo and um, really have been on a journey of just unfolding and becoming my whole life. And I think I fell into the human service field anyway because I have a passion for um, knowing more about people, really, as opposed to, like, it, you know, the classic helping people. Not really. More like 
wanting to just know people and like know how we are and what is that about and I think in doing that I um I learned a lot about myself and how I relate to people and then I realized that I needed to start practicing some different things you know show up in the world how I would like to see the world right. and in doing that I feel like my experience has been so much more rich and my relationships with people are deeper and these were things that I didn't know obviously growing up but I just look at the trajectory of how things have unfolded and it seems like I've always been on this path of becoming which I mean we really all are mm -hmm. but becoming where I am now has really just been a lifetime of being interested in people and interested in how I relate to people and how I show up with people and how I connect with them that's been really important to me my whole life, really. And so I think that's a positive thing. And I think it's really deepened my relationship with um, myself first and then with others. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be into myself at this time in my life. And I'm proud to say that. I'm proud to be a mom and a wife and a friend and a daughter, you know, and all those great things too. But it's cool to just be... In relationship with myself mm -hmm. so excellent what a, you are a great role model thank I have you to say. <laughs> thank you I appreciate mm -hmm. that so now tell us what it means to you to be a woman in 2018 and what it means generally to be a woman in 2018 yeah that's a great question um, I was thinking about this too and I was you know there's lots of permissions that I think our culture grants us as women and Lately, we only talk about the things that we don't have, but if I'm just switching the script to being more abundant and thinking about all the stuff that we do have, we are able to be so creative as women with bringing life into the world. And birth is one way we bring life, but we can be creative and bring life like how you are through this podcast. We do that with our emotions. We do that all kinds of ways by encouraging, by helping, by role modeling, all the stuff. And it's just, I, I'm just so grateful to be a woman and have that chance to be creatively doing that for people. Um, and I think there is no man on earth who could do it like we do. You know, there's just, <laughs> you can't do what you can't do, you know. Um, and it really broadens our horizons about how we can bring life and speak life and it's just it's really beautiful and I mean out of something that was negative with our political climate we were able to cultivate such beauty and unity and love and lightness and femininity and it's just been a whole lot of things that have come that have just been really beautiful and um I just I'm happy to be a woman and I'm happy to um have so many women that I can look up to and that I can know and it's strange like if you'd asked me maybe a couple years ago who are the women you look up to I might have said well I would still say Oprah mm -hmm. um and I would have <laughs> said like my mom and my grandma but now I don't even know that I can answer that because the list goes on and mm -hmm. on and on because I've been educated right now in the last few years my level of education of womanhood has I mean it surpassed my mom my grandma and Oprah it's lots of people Absolutely. which is so awesome <laughs> that I can't really pick anymore right. and I love that 
So, I mean, there's a lot that our culture has brought us as far as womanhood goes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just grateful to be alive for it right now, which is cool. I like that you are bringing, like you said, flipping the script to something, to abundance and to positivity, because mm -hmm. I don't think that we hear that very often. And I think I'm guilty of that as well, where oh, yes. it's just focusing on you know, what's being taken away and what we don't have and how much further we have to go mm -hmm. rather than what we do have, what which is have. a lot. Yeah. And the struggle, I mean, I think we're in struggle anytime we don't accept the what is, you know, mm -hmm. and anytime that we can't see those positives. And I mean, it's not that I don't have like moments like an hour ago that might have been a different answer, right? Mm. But I got good sleep right. last night, so. <laughs> um, but you know, it's not that you don't go in and out of you know the cynicism right. and the realities of what's happening. But it's just if you really take time, think about all that you have, that whole shift can happen you can have gratitude even in the roughest time right. that you could think of politically mm -hmm. and all of those things like there is gratitude to be found in every mm -hmm. experience and really that's the only way to survive mm -hmm. as, at some point definitely I think that positivity does propel you forward as yes. well so yeah. that's helpful yeah cool um so then what are your favorite parts of being a woman and your least favorite parts of being a woman? <laughs> um, my favorite part of being a woman is that I can be emotional and soft. Um, I think there's a different level of permission that we have in our culture to emote. And I think that is really the best part about being a woman. Like, I can be in a management meeting and go, but how, how would that make you feel, you know? Right. And not feel as though I'm being judged for it. And that could just be my own thing that I don't think I'm being judged for. Mm -hmm. I could be. Who knows? <laughs> um, not interested. But yeah. I think the emotion um, that I have is really appreciated and mm -hmm. accepted in our culture so I like that um the hardest part is I don't know it's more of what's going on today the hardest mm. part you know it's yeah. more of that and really balancing our strengths with those emotions and making sure I think the hardest part is making sure that we're taking care of ourselves mm. because I can say that's another theme of the women that I've worked with and the women in my life in general is we don't really do a great job of giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's culturally that has been the way. Um, but also now we've adopted that kind of internal system of do for others, do for this one, check on this one, make sure this is okay. Um, and we really have started to neglect ourselves mm -hmm. and I just think that's a hard part because we need more role models of people who are more about like self-care and taking care of yourself mm -hmm. and putting yourself first and holding yourself accountable before you're trying to hold someone else accountable right so I think that's similar to what we were talking about before like that standard of women being held to like perfection mm -hmm. um and also and women are rewarded for being selfless. Yes. 
And I've seen that so many times. We see it in movies. We see it in the media that, you know, the standard by which a woman is great is how much of herself she's willing to give. Right. And you can't take care of other people unless you take care of yourself. It's so true. It's so true. And that's really the mission. Like, Mm. I think that's what we're all coming around to understanding. Mm -hmm. So I think that's hard for us because it's new language, it's new right. behaviors, you know, it's it's a whole new world if we're really prioritizing ourselves. Mm-hmm. That looks very different. Right. You know? And then I think people would be maybe quick to use the word selfish in oh, those sure. situations. Sure. And that's not what it is. It's not. I remember in 2014, I went to... Um, Oprah had a tour called The Life You Want, and my mom and I went. It was in Washington, D.C., and the first thing she got on stage and said is, you know, people say, I'm so full of myself, and she goes, they're right. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my mom were like, okay, where's this going? Oh, come on, and, you know, she was like, they're right, because if I'm not overflowing and full of myself, how would I be able to give to you if I didn't have enough give in myself? And I was like, that's a really oh, great yeah. <laughs> like you can't give from something that's empty or right. that's half full. You need to be mm-hmm. overflowing so that when you're giving, it's without resentment. Mm-hmm. It's without judgment. It's mm-hmm. without exhaustion. It's without the negative energy. You're mm-hmm. really giving fully of yourself. Because you've already taken care of yourself. We got to get that. I think we're working on it. Because I feel, well, I'm I'm kind of like racking my brain for examples. And I don't really have like any people as examples. But I know just like here and there, like Mm -hmm. on social media, I'm starting to see that shift a little bit. And, you know, the term self-care has become more prevalent. But I... I do want to be careful with that term because I've also seen like corporations kind of co-op that term oh, and yes. turn it into a product yeah. and that's not what it is. <laughs> that's not what we're saying. Yeah. It's just, you know, being able to be a healthy person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to allow you to help other people become healthier. Yes. And I think we're really good as women about talking about that. Mm-hmm. But again, the practice. Mm-hmm. How do you practice that? So when I meet a woman and she says she really wants to work with me, but she can't. So part of working with me is the house has to be free of your children Mm -hmm. and your other people um, because it's just about you and I, right? right? Like this is really just about you doing this work Mm -hmm. for yourself. And so sometimes the rebuttal is, you know, I really can't get a sitter Mm -hmm. and like I can't miss dinner with my kids once a week. Why? But you can't. Why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And that is the practice of self-care. Right. So in itself, just trying to stick with the requirements of my process kind of forces you to do some self-care. Right. And I point that out. Like, wow, look at you. Like, you've taken care of yourself today. Mm-hmm. You cultivated some time. Like, you had time mm-hmm. for yourself. You have me here. You're doing a lot. You've invested in yourself. This is great. And so that's really um, what we have to start doing is practicing. Right. Like, it's great to say you do it. And it's not enough to say I go to the gym, you know, or for someone it will be enough. Right. But for some who, like, we have to mix up what's good and what's working and what's Mm -hmm. not. Like, 
I might be at a period where if I go to the gym every day, that's great for me. But now if that just becomes my mundane and that's no longer filling me, it's my responsibility to find right. something else. So I have to be willing to mix that up. Right. And I feel like the, like those things shift for me so often. Oh, yeah. And you really have to pay attention. Like at one point, I think I talked about this on a previous episode, at one point last year, my morning routine was, like, way too full with, like, self-care activities, and so it was, like, Overload. I was, like, then rushing to get to work, and not, it was supposed to be, like, this, like, filling and, like, relaxing thing, and then I'm, like, but I don't have time for, for, like, yoga and writing in my journal and doing this and doing that, and yes. then, and then it was taking away from my sleep, Yeah. so this year I've just, like, streamlined my routine, and I've taken things away that weren't serving me. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's something you have to pay attention to, or else you can get overloaded. <laughs> right. And it's no longer doing what right. it originally... It's stressing me out. Right. <laughs> like, this is self-care. I have to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so is there anything that you think that the world needs to know about women that it doesn't know right now? Uh, <laughs> um, I think, I think the biggest thing is two things. Like if we're talking globally, like mm -hmm. it's not personal, right? Mm -hmm. To other people, the things, the platforms that we stand on and the things that we say, it's not personal to other people. It's for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, it's personal to us. It's not an attack. It's not, mm -hmm. you know. And, like, we love. That's our biggest, that's a strength. Mm -hmm. We love. Like, we love ourselves first, though. Mm -hmm. So that's what sounds like maybe an attack is not. It's right. just It's just love and, like, self-care and it's all those good things. So I, I feel like the world, like, would need to know that. Mm -hmm. And then before the world can know that, we individually need to know mm -hmm. that for ourselves. Because we can't expect the world to know what we don't know. That's a good point. Right? We yeah. can't expect, like, political parties and this and that. And they should know. We have to, pra again, be practicing Practice. this for <laughs> ourselves and not getting lost in... Well, do they see me practicing? Just, if you're on the practice, just keep practicing. Mm -hmm. You don't really have to check in to see if anyone praises you for that. Praise yourself. Mm -hmm. Take yourself out. Do things for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, we love, you know? We have that power. It just needs to be focused on ourselves. Yeah, I don't think the world's ready for that or yeah. is accepting of that quite yet. Right. Um, but you're right. If enough people practice that then hopefully that will become the norm. It will be a, a total shift. Mm -hmm. um, what changes would you like to see for women in the future? Just more of that, I think. Mm -hmm. More of um, us taking care of ourselves mm -hmm. and being upfront with each other about that. I think connecting is very important. Um, and I actually, when I was, I think I was, before I had my daughter, but after I had my son. So I was a parent and I was struggling with like making friends and I went to therapy for it. And, you know, I was talking with my therapist and I'm like, I really, you know, I don't know how to do this whole like friend thing. Like, what do I do? <laughs> and she, she's like, what do you mean? Like, you're so personable. Like, you know, you could just go up and talk with someone or like, you know, go for coffee. And I was just like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but what I was really struggling with was vulnerability, right? right? Because it was putting myself out there and like 
creating time for putting myself out there seemed like a tall order and Mm -hmm. I was already a new mom and I wanted to make sure that was going well but I realized I really did have to be more intentional Mm -hmm. about putting in some time there I was not like cultivating any relationships because I was just doing my you know work and then I would spend time with my husband and spend time with my child that was you know that was it I stayed there so I had to intentionally go out, make friends. I had to go to groups, you know, mm-hmm. some I liked, some I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I had to be willing to be vulnerable and try some right. new things. And I think that came with a whole deeper level. I mean, the amount of people I met from the time I started on that intentional friendship journey has been crazy. So when you text me to or emailed me about the podcast, I was like, yes, 100%. Like... I'm more open than I ever right. have been in my life with connecting with people, right. even if it is just an hour on a podcast, mm-hmm. right? But it's just like, absolutely. Like, yes, we're in the past. I may have been a little bit more shy, mm-hmm. asked more questions, kind of scared myself out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I'm really trying to stay on that path of like connecting and being right. vulnerable and showing up. Right. Show up. You know, it's cool. It's a good thing. It's fun. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are a testament to that practice. Yes. And over the years, it seems like, because yeah. you responded right away and you're like, yes. Yeah. So I loved that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm up for it. Nice. But it really, that has been a lot of work. Right. It's taken you a while to get to that yes, point. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think to see for us in the future, definitely having more connection, being more vulnerable Mm -hmm. with with ourselves and with each other so we can move along some of these, like, greater things. Right. Yeah, and it's very difficult, but can be and will be very rewarding. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) All right, you've already told me women that you admire, so I won't make you choose (laughs) because it sounds like that was difficult. Um, But let's talk about your story of subversion for today. (laughs) So um, I think that would be Mona Lisa Smile. It's just such a great movie. Um, and it was just on my mind and on my thoughts this morning, and I'll probably look it up on Netflix when we leave, but... It, it's been on TV lately, that's where, because I, I just watched cable. it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I newly have cable, so now I'm, like, watching all the movies that are on TV. You probably won't have it after the first year, right? Yeah, probably like, not. <laughs> I tried to ask the guy on the phone, I was like, so how much will it cost after it's this? Crazy. And he was like, I'm not allowed to tell you. Oh, really? Yes. He says that? He knows. And I think because... Because they don't know, because it will probably it probably changes. Oh my god! I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it is. So what? When is that movie from? Is it from the nineties or is it from two thousand? I think it's from the nineties. Okay. Okay. Let's see what year. Two thousand three. Oh, okay. Two thousand three. What a year! <laughs> I know. I was in high school. Yeah, we were. Ju- sophomores or juniors in high school. I think. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. But it was just one of those movies that really, like you, so I think you and I were speaking about it a little bit, but maybe not knowing all of the um, details of what was going on, but the energy that you get from watching Mona Lisa Smile is so empowering. Mm-hmm. And that even, yes, a 16 or 17-year-old could get that. Definitely. And I didn't have to know all the references to know that, um, 
it was promoting freedom and promoting lightheartedness and promoting choice, like the ability to choose. Mm -hmm. And we always have that choice. And I think we can sometimes get lost. Like, oh, I don't have a choice. This is what I have to do because this is the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. And I think with the creation of Stay A While and with just coming into my own womanhood, I've noticed I can choose. I get to choose every step of the way, mm -hmm. wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, there's a choice involved. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's a good thing. That way, if I'm in a bad situation, that means I could choose to get out of it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Um, so I just, I like the choice piece and the freedom that came with that movie. Mm -hmm. And it's such an interesting movie because it does portray a very rigid time in yes. our history. It's right at the end of World War II when mm -hmm. women had just previously been in the workforce and now there was kind of like a national campaign to get women back in the home. Mm -hmm. And this movie really deals with that on the level where you have this like this very free teacher from California who comes into this very just traditional wonderful. school and it's Julia Roberts, so that's great. Yeah. And, you know, she's dealing with these women who are, you know, they're going to college, but then also the main goal is to get married. Mm -hmm. And the scene that I saw the other day when I was watching it was the scene where Julia Stiles' character, she gets into law school, she yeah. gets into Yale Law School, and then decides not to go. And then Julia Roberts goes and visits her, and she's like, what are you doing? But like you said, it's about it's choice. choice. And so she chose to get married yeah. and you can tell with her character that that's like really what she wanted to do. She wasn't uh -huh. being forced into it. She was thrilled to get into Yale, but she was making a choice to have a family. Yes. And um, I think Julia Roberts has a little trouble with that, uh -huh. but yeah, it just emphasizes that idea of choice. I love that you, yeah, I love that you point out that mm -hmm. scene because that's probably the most scene that people would have conflict with. Like, right. oh, this is what you want. And it's right. like, no, 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 no. It's actually not. Mm -hmm. I, I would want the more traditional route. Mm -hmm. But that's okay, too. Right. And that's the beauty of the movie. It highlights lots of different choices right. and lots of different women. And that's the beauty, too, of just being a woman, is mm -hmm. we get to make those choices. Right. You know, we can make those choices at any time. And it's okay to change overnight. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah, definitely. You know, permission to <laughs> do that however you want. If that comes in, you know, weeks or nights, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really cool. I love that. But it's, it's such a good movie. Now I want to go back and watch the whole thing. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. All right, so I think we've reached the end of our episode. Shannon, is there anything else you want my listeners to know about Stay A While or about what you do? Um, no, I just, I think we ended on a good note with, you know, we all make these choices. Mm -hmm. And at any point in time, we can choose um, to be better people for ourselves first mm -hmm. than for the world. Well, thank you so much for being here. I feel like you've imparted so much wisdom on us during this episode. Thank you. So if you need to get in touch with Shannon, you can get in touch with her via the website, yes. um, stayawhilesb.com. Um, also, I'm on Instagram at stayawhile.sb. And then um, I also have Facebook. It's just Shannon Bryant. Excellent. Thank and you. if you're looking to get in touch with Womankind, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Womankind Podcast. Email me at womankindpodcast at gmail.com or visit my website at www.womankindpodcast.com. 
Thanks for listening. Bye, friends.